Hello, and welcome back to the WordPress Edge podcast, the ultimate destination for professionals looking to harness the power of WordPress for large-scale enterprise solutions. I'm your host, Landon DePasquale. I'm an enterprise web strategist here at AmericanEagle.com. In this episode, we're going to the edge with Sean Blakely to discuss the WordPress block editor. Sean, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Good to be here, Landon. So, Sean, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what makes you an expert on the WordPress block editor? And what edge does Gutenberg, the block editor, give us? As you said, I'm the, I think you said, I'm the director of the enterprise WordPress team here at American Eagle. Uh, I've been working with WordPress for many years, about a decade and a half now. Uh, and been on that journey as WordPress has kind of scaled into the enterprise space. So I've been increasingly involved with all manner of large brands, uh, many based over here in Europe. You may uh, recognize from my voice that I'm based over here in, in Britain and in, in Europe. So many big European brands, but then also uh, large American uh, enterprise organizations. And so for me uh, and my journey with WordPress into this space, the block editor, uh, which has been started around six or so years ago, five, six years ago, is an initiative within uh, WordPress. What we had previously was, if you imagine a kind of old fashioned Word document kind of interface, so you could kind of bold and italicize content, but not an awful lot more. You could drop in things that we used to call short codes um, as little sort of content blocks for code. We could drop code into these kind of little, little fields. Um, but otherwise, it was a very cursory, very simple kind of interface. And so it was decided that really WordPress needed to modernize its editorial experience. And there was lots of discussion within the community about what this, what this would entail, you know, what this would mean to, to WordPress as a platform. And incidentally, there was a lot of resistance as well, um, that WordPress was in an incredibly dominant position. Uh, within CMSs, within uh, the marketplace. The market share was huge um, by an order of magnitude, larger than anyone else. And there was there was questions internally around, or questions internally in terms of the WordPress community about, should we be changing this winning formula? You know, should we be challenging ourselves in terms of trying to improve the platform when we're so dominant in the space? And it's an interesting question. It's one that Christian uh, Clayton Christensen addresses in the uh, innovator's dilemma where he talks about the need to sort of challenge yourself when you're in a, a position of market dominance you really need to take on the responsibility of challenging yourself challenging your own dominance because if you don't then smaller more nimble organizations will come in and will paradigm shift your industry and you'll be left left sort of standing and you won't be able to to shift and change those those challenges so there's a lot of discussion in wordpress within the community around this change and what that evolved into was something called gutenberg as we we called it internally i think you mentioned london this evolved into the block editor and it's been an extraordinary journey so it's been five years of iteration from something that started it was very controversial within the WordPress community. It was very challenging. It was introducing new technology in terms of React. It was JavaScript driven, where WordPress traditionally has been uh, a PHP, which is a kind of server side programming language that had previously pro, um, sort of powered all of WordPress, essentially. And so it's a big shift in terms of the technology stack, but also a big shift in terms of the editorial experience. Now, it's not always been smooth. It's been you know, a, an iterative journey, as iterative journeys often are. There's been some, some dead ends and cul-de-sacs that we've gone down, and we've managed to circumnavigate lots of problems. And so 
we sort of come to today and today we are in an extraordinary position you know that the toil and challenges of those five years have borne incredible fruit for WordPress and the people that work within WordPress in, in terms of the editors the content creators within WordPress because what we have today is truly the best block editor experience available and maybe we can spend just a moment talking about what that means in terms of the block editor and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this in more more detail but when we think about content be it like a CTA a call to action uh, be it uh, a carousel or an accordion or all manner of other kind of UI components so different elements well we often think of these as blocks these are different blocks that we can then build more complex uh, and more challenging interfaces with and we often liken these to kind of lego blocks that we provide you with those utilities those elements that you can then build truly complex and innovative enriched sites for your end users using these uh, core blocks these core kind of building blocks so it's an extraordinary journey that wordpress has been on we're also now in, in an extraordinary position to utilize the strength of the platform that this true world-class block editor uh, within WordPress provides. And uh, it's an extraordinary time to be replatforming or looking at WordPress as part of a solution because it truly does have this unique editorial experience now. So what's interesting about that journey that we've been on with the block editor, you kind of hinted at the fact that it maybe wasn't the best when it launched, but what it is now is completely different. So if you hated it when it launched, you should really give it a second try. But one of the things that we've seen is that because WordPress is built for a large swath of the internet, right? Something like 42% of the internet, the block editor is built to solve typical problems for typical websites. However, what we found is that it's actually really great for building enterprise level content. It's really great for the same sort of content creation needs that enterprises have. And so I guess what I'm curious to hear from you about, Sean, is what are those content creation needs from an enterprise standpoint? What does it look like for them? And then how are they different from what a typical site may need? Why is the block editor poised to do something that is better or different than just a typical content editing experience? So if we think about our larger organizations, we're invariably uh, working to sort of brand guidelines. Now, these brand guidelines, they may have spent you know, many hundreds of hours in terms of standardizing their messaging. And standardizing their messaging is both the narrative, so finding the tone of voice of your organization across all of your channels, be it social or your digital platform or, or wherever it is. Um, but then also the standardization of your visual language. Now, this doesn't mean, and critically, this doesn't mean, you know, all of your buttons need to be orange with rounded corners and a three pixel blue border. You know, it's it's not about, it's not about sameism, it's about continuity, it's about being complementary. And so truly well-formed brand guidelines are, are less around that commonality, you know, more about the kind of the, the tone of voice and the the kind of the expectations in terms of the brand and that style of, of the brand going forward. Now, of course, as we've talked about, that's across multiple channels. You might have HubSpot microsites, you might have uh, you know, your Facebook landing page and all manner of other areas that you want to brand. Your, your print uh, branding maybe is, is also, you want that commonality, your style, your tone. 
And this is where the blog editor really comes into its own, because what we can do is we can create what we call a design system. And so a design system is, is really having elements of your brand guidelines translated into UI components. So those are components that, that you and I, that individuals can interact with. And again, we talked about a few a moment ago, but these components can be uh, like a card that is, you know, that tends to be like an image and the title and a bit of an excerpt, you know, the information. And then you can click on that card and it, maybe it takes you to an article or it'll be an accordion. And so you might have the question might be one uh, block and then the answer or the accordion wrapper sort of wraps these Q and A's. So your FAQs maybe could be another example. And many other uh, examples of components of so different components you use to build your site, to create your narrative with your, your users. And so these design systems become invaluable in terms of communicating across multiple internal teams. You may have an initiative to build your web platform, but that's happening in one area of your organization. There may be another office in another country, there may be in other departments that have nothing to do with the web build. And so your only uh, connection, commonality is the brand and adhering to your design system to implement a cross-platform design system. And this is what the block editor allows us to do at this scale, is to implement those brand guidelines, those sort of those that design system into the CMS itself. And this has become extraordinarily powerful to now start thinking about it also going the other way. So not just dropping sort of brand guidelines into the CMS, but also then utilizing those implementations and utilizing those blocks and starting to make those available to other platforms. So if we pause for a moment and just think about what that block is, well, a block is essentially just a small piece of code. It's a sort of small self-contained piece of code that has all its dependencies wrapped up in itself, or at least these are, you know, this is one approach in terms of building those blocks. And so these blocks can start to be utilized outside of, of the CMS itself, outside of the platform itself. And this is really a future trajectory. We're, we're not quite there yet, but this is the kind of block protocol where maybe different platforms can start sharing these blocks. They can really start being utilized independently from the CMS that they're built in. And this is an extraordinarily powerful opportunity. And this really is uniquely interesting to enterprise. You know, for your smaller site, there's gonna be no use case where you'd be interested to share components from one platform to another. For enterprise organizations, where there's the possibility to, to repurpose a component built in WordPress and then pull it across into the site core instance, or the Sitefinity instance, or the other parts of your ecosystem, maybe into your intranet. You know, that's extraordinarily interesting and a great opportunity for both cost savings and efficiencies within the organization. So that's just some of the opportunities that the sort of block editor creates at the enterprise scale that's relevant to enterprise. And I think that future is what a lot of people in the WordPress community are building towards because they see the power and the opportunity to take a standard system and apply that across everywhere. And I think that the possibility of a large organization being able to use blocks across multiple different platforms gives you a consistency and gives you the ability to tell your brand story across any platform that you're on. And that's really powerful. And the amount of time saving, the amount of built in consistency there, I think is is huge. Um, Sean, one of the things I think we 
both you and I have run into on on the enterprise level is this need for control around the UI components. And oftentimes what we get into is, well, more control is better, right? I need to be able to set every single color and every single padding and every single line. And I need to tweak every single little item on every single little page. One of the things that I think we found is that maybe that's not the best approach, especially when it comes to a block building setup. What are your thoughts on that? It's always interesting because, you know, superficially, it seems like you know, the best place to make those decisions are at the cold face. So where the problem is, is where you want to make those decisions. So try and give every manner of control uh, at block level and then let the editor make those decisions. But then, of course, what's that, what that's missing is that there are bigger questions in play, things like consistency, but also particularly at enterprise level, we may we may be consuming the content from the the website into other platforms, into other systems. Maybe we're reconstructing these blocks into data. Maybe we're pushing them out uh, to an internal system. Maybe we're pushing them out, directly publishing them to Facebook. Maybe we're converting them to tweets, all manner of things. And so when you have the, the bigger picture, when you zoom out and start to be mindful of the dependencies that you have across the system, and, and to your point, Landon, as you're maybe publishing this elsewhere, the possibility of repurposing this elsewhere, well, then suddenly standardization becomes critical. And then to, to the point we were talking about a moment ago, the sort of consistency of brand voice and brand messages and, and visual rhythm, the visual consistency, well, then those decisions shouldn't be made at the cold face. Those decisions need to be made higher up the chain as you kind of zoom out and think about the, the overall sort of implementation of your design system, implementation of your brand language. And so those controls, that minutiae, things like padding and margin and, you know, the color, I think you mentioned as well. Well, those decisions shouldn't be made at that level. Really, what you should be doing is you've got a pre-baked set of Lego blocks that you can repurpose and utilize in a combination that maybe the, the creators of those blocks never foresaw. You can create them in any myriad number of ways that you want to, but the core blocks, those core elements stay consistent. And so you may have one or two settings that are already consistent with the brand language, but you don't get to go off piste. You don't get to go rogue and start making, you know, buttons in a different color or borders, adding borders where previously there weren't borders. Because, you know, that inconsistency, we all see as end users. You know, it's very clear when uh, we may not fully understand why, but we understand when we like something, we, we recognize a visual rhythm. We recognize something which is consistent, something which feels considered. We also notice the opposite when something feels haphazard, when th something feels chaotic. And unfortunately, this is the great power that came with page builders, which was something which were very much sort of utilized within the WordPress space a few years ago. Yeah, they were incredibly powerful, but they're also incredibly inconsistent. So you would have all manner of UI interfaces, a button might not look like a button from one page to the next because there was no consistent language. Things were done at the coalface on a page by page basis. So that's really what the, the block editor, you know, part of the importance of not creating endless options and endless reconfiguration points, but actually making those decisions prior to the editorial experience. And so again, I think something in a, a previous podcast that you and I have talked about, Landon, is that friction 
for the editorial experience, you know, reducing that friction to creating content. Well, if you're faced with you know, 30 configuration options, well, there's friction right there. There's 30 points of friction that you've got to make a decision about those configurations. If I reduce that to three, well, then I've reduced by a factor of 10 your, your friction to publish that content, to enrich that content. And so that's our kind of approach and mentality. And that really serves well um, in terms of that content creation experience. That bubbles up a, a few ideas for me. I think the first one is really when you're talking about a block editing experience and a page building experience, you're talking about a difference in paradigm, right? The difference here is not just the tech underlying. It doesn't really matter what that is. What, what really matters is how you think about content, how you think about content creation, how you think about the role of a marketer and, and what they're supposed to do. And it's a fundamentally different way of thinking about that. And to that end, I think one of the points that you and I have both made to clients is you shouldn't care about the padding on this page. We don't want you thinking about the thickness of a line. We don't want you having to remember hex codes for a certain color so you don't have 10 different shades of orange on the same page, right? We, we want to free you up to just build content. Yeah, and I think I think it comes naturally to larger organizations, maybe organizations that they have a marketing team maybe that's in transition or have previously used WordPress on smaller implementations. And so they have a, a kind of muscle memory for using WordPress in that way. They think about that flexibility of WordPress as being beneficial. But of course, it isn't for large organizations. And, and that's never how we would implement WordPress at, at this scale. And I think to your point, Landon, it's, you know, we're not, you, you're not an interface creator, you're a content creator. And so what we do is we give you the tools to enrich your content and utilize those tools to create you know, engaging content for the end users, but not to create dynamic interfaces. That's really should be done within the a decision with the wider group, with the wider sort of organization. So I think it's that 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 difference between content creation and interface creation. We very much move away from you know creating interfaces. And so content teams can create rich content. Coming back to an earlier point that you made as well, when we use a block editing system, what we come up with is a design system that lives within the website, right? There's no longer a need for you to create a separate existing entity out there somewhere for your designers and developers and marketing team to look at. You have it built in. And the beauty of it is it's built in because they're building in the tool. There's no one out there to do the duplicate work of building it a second time. And I think that's also something that the kind of page building paradigm completely misses. Yes. I mean, that that reusability. And, and if we think about something like testing, if we think about something like accessibility, if we think about security, potentially, depending on what that block is, if you're reinventing the wheel every time, if you're creating something new and different every time or nuance changes to the configuration every time, well, then you've really got to test that again. You've got to change your, you know, you've, you've got to validate your security assumptions or you've got, you know, and you've got to look at the accessibility of the colors that you've selected, the combination of colors. And this is a, a particular stumbling block that we see repeatedly is that, you know, ADA compliance, the accessibility compliance, if that's not decided at the, the sort of foundational discussion of the color palette that an organization is utilizing, well, then these will often be made by, you know, in mistake by an end user, by an editor, 
I think uh, yeah, orange and blue seems to be a terrible combination, very common. But this again, yeah, this is one example of something that, that we see, you know, if we create that pre-baked block, that's a component that the team can utilize immediately. It's been, you know, it's fully accessible. It's been tested. It's been validated. It's got passing security. There's no performance issues. You know, this is a block that can then be utilized with confidence by the team. And they don't need to think about it. You know, those problems have already been solved for, um, for the organization. If you're recreating the interface, if you're recreating that block, or you want to go, you want to diverge and go off in a different direction, well, again, you're then creating this burden of a need to validate that, to, to test the accessibility, test those changes. And, and to what end? As we talked about a moment ago, what we're doing is by destroying our visual rhythm, by destroying that, that continuity, and, and again, coming back to another point we've mentioned, Landon, it's about friction. You know, if I'm if I'm trying to elicit a conversion for an end user, I want to be very clear in what action I'm trying to elicit. What do I want that end user to do? Is it as simple as clicking this button or do I want them to do something else? And so if we take that simple example of clicking the button, well, what do I want to do? Well, I want to make it obvious it's a button. And so one of those things is to make it consistent across the site. And so I can see these standing out. I can see that there's a there's an illicit request for me to take an action as a user. And then we you know, we do that across the site so we can recognize a button as their end users. And many other examples of you know, reasons that consistency is so, so powerful. And then to your other point, London, about the possibility of pulling blocks out of the, the CMS. I mean, you know, we're not quite... We are there in terms of technology, but I think we're still exploring that as an industry, not just as, a, as an organization. But that is extraordinarily powerful. You know, as we think about the sort of block protocol, which is a non-platform specific protocol, which is currently under discussion uh, around uh, the sort of you know, organizations within the, uh, within the internet, larger organizations, about whether we have this standardization of, of block. And WordPress is kind of leading the way in many of these discussions around that standardization. Yeah, we are utilizing languages like React. So React is a JavaScript language that we utilize to build those blocks. Sitecore uses the same. It's using React to build its headless components, elements, and many other platforms are, are using similar technologies. And React is often the standard implementation. And so there is a real natural commonality of a sort of, you know, a singular point coming together of this approach. And it's really being spearheaded by a lot of the work being done within WordPress and within enterprise WordPress. And if it's successful as a a happy byproduct of the initiatives that WordPress has um, has implemented with the block editor. You know, if we do create this standardization across the web, you know, that's going to be an extraordinary achievement and, and will change all of our attire, you know, all of our experiences in terms of how we create content across the web and distribute it far and wide across multiple channels and platforms. Absolutely. I know it's always dangerous to make predictions, but I think five years from now, the way that block editing looks both in WordPress and across the industry is going to be different. It's, it's going to morph and evolve into, I think, a more standard approach that you see across all of these different, different pieces. See, I would agree. I mean, I think so for the editorial experience, it may not differ that much. So it might be that you're 
you know, you're editing in a in a different platform and then distributing it across multiple platforms. So maybe you'll 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 be in a singular interface. But actually, that paradigm, that WYSIWYG uh, sort of implementation, makes a lot of sense. You know, you in the vast majority of cases, what you see in the back end is what your end users will see. Where the huge innovation is happening, I think, is in the technical implementation. What's happening under the bonnet? You know what? What would or under the hood? I think you would say in the U.S. I mean, I guess uh, under the know, hat what, works too. <laughs> good. Well, like you know, what what's actually powering these things? Yeah. You know, what and what? Where we can repurpose them? Where we can reutilize them? So yes, I think interestingly, I think we've we've got ourselves to this point, this moment, uh, in terms of of blocks and utilizing blocks. I think the editorial experience will improve, but but you know incrementally. But I think, as you say, what's about to change fundamentally is is the technology underneath, the technology that's powering them. And that's incredibly exciting. And again, WordPress is absolutely at the forefront of that. WordPress is driving a lot of that change across well, multiple platforms. And I think a part of that paradigm, and this is kind of where I want to wrap this up, is a part of that paradigm, especially for enterprise organizations, are things like governance and workflow. And that's really not something you can do in a page builder, right? You can't handle things like content governance, branding governance. You really don't have the sort of workflow that you do in core WordPress around the block editor because that core experience allows the sort of um, consistency that you see in large organizations that you're not going to get on a one-off experience. It's a fundamentally different way of building content. Yes, I mean, I think this plays to the flexibility of WordPress and its unique appeal across multiple different needs from smaller sites right up to, you know, enterprise builds is that, you know, there is space for page builders, but it's not suitable for this scale. And it's not suitable when you have things like brand guidelines and considerations and omni-channel and integrations, you know, it, it really, it just, it doesn't sit there and nor should it. You know, this is editors making interface decisions and that's not where you ever want your editors to be you want them creating content but for other sectors within the wordpress you know space of course page builders still have their place and indeed something like acf acf is uh, think of it like form builder like a metabox you know drop downs and input boxes and input fields well again that has its place for building sites and for some organizations that's still something they like like to utilize and indeed for uh, for headless builds a lot of organizations lean heavily into that uh, acf or meta-driven site something more akin to something like contentful is you know it, it's again it's not how we build our sites for us you know it's not about the developers deciding what shape that data should be what shape the content should be and so this is the wrong people making the wrong decisions where you have something like a form in the back end of the site well that's the developer that's the technologist who has decided the shape of the content and, and that really should sit with the content creators and so a good way to think about it is you know we empower the right people to be doing the right things the content creators create the content you know, the interface is created by somebody else. That's a, an, an equally the data structure, the content structure of the page is decided by the content creators, not by developers. So there are you know, different opportunities within WordPress, part of its strength, you know, that flexibility, different approaches. But the block editor is by far for us, you know, the, the, the best 
implementation, the best way to create content within WordPress, irrespective of where its destination is, be it a headless application, be it traditional WordPress, or be it a, a separate social channel. The blog editor is definitely the best way of creating content today. And that's truly the strength of enterprise at a WordPress scale is its flexibility and ability to take that great editing experience and move that content into any sort of enterprise system that you could possibly need. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Any nuggets or tidbits of wisdom around the block editor? Well, I think that, you know, it's an incredible moment in terms of the block editor. I think it's matured. It's had its ups and downs on this journey. And now it's at an incredible moment. It's matured to be uh, part of core, core WordPress. And it would be our de facto and only editor that we, we would ever recommend. It's become so flexible. And the one thing that we haven't mentioned today, and maybe I'll leave you with this one, is that uh, block patterns, which was newly introduced into WordPress about a year and a half ago or so, Block patterns are a way of combining these pieces of Lego. So if we think about our blocks as, as Lego, block patterns are a way of creating all manner of different UI components in unique combinations of, of these blocks of Lego. And so it really empowers our creators, our, our, our sort of team, to create components that simply haven't been envisaged during the, the project. Now, again, you know, it needs to be, they need to be used with care. Those decisions need to be made carefully in terms of governance of, you know, what, what UI components we create. But these, that kind of implementation, that flexibility is extraordinary. And so this is an incredible moment as we're seeing block builders really mature into an incredibly usable interface. And we know that those features are being added to and increased every, with every release of WordPress. And so it really is an incredible moment to be using the block editor and seeing it, uh, the appeal that it's uh, uh, achieving across the, the web that far transcends just its audience within WordPress. Fantastic. Sean, thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you, Lando. Thanks all you listeners for joining us here at the bleeding edge of WordPress. As always, my name is Landon DePasquale. I'm your host for this episode. And until the next episode, feed your WordPress obsession. If you'd like to learn more about our episodes, catch up with us, give us some tips, go ahead and email us at wordpressedge at americaneagle.com.